Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. IU goes on the road to Nebraska, really in the bottom of the Big Ten, and Indiana did not play great. They let Nebraska stay in the game the entire way, but good enough to get the job done. And a couple notables for last night. Not only was it IU's first true road win of the season, and Indiana definitely needs a handful of road wins in conference play to take the pressure off for some of these tough home games coming up, like Thursday night when Purdue comes to town. But in addition to that, I did not realize this until I read a story this morning. Indiana now 13-4 and overall. It's not been the toughest of schedules, especially in the non-conference, but Indiana surpassed their win total with that victory last night from the season a year ago. Indiana 12-15 and last year, their final record. And right now they're already up to 13-4. and four. So you'll take the win on the road in the Big Ten Conference. Let's be honest, you'll take any Big Ten Conference win that you can get. Indiana does get it done 78-71, although I thought Indiana played down at times or for most of the game really to Nebraska's level. And uh, there were some concerning moments. Turnover number overall wasn't bad. I think it was 14 or 15 turnovers last night. But lots of turnovers late that gave Nebraska chances when you'd prefer. Really, the score at that point should be going the other way. Indiana should have been putting them away and pulling ahead uh, for a final margin with some space, and that just simply wasn't going to happen last night. So we obviously know what's next. It's Purdue at home later this week. I'll talk more about Purdue here in just a second. They had just a classic MLK day game. I love those afternoon games, something to kind of break up the day. You can have it on while you're doing your work if possible, but what a double overtime thriller it was for Purdue to get the win. And that's the first time that I had sat and watched them for most of the second half, definitely very closely those two overtime periods, and they're really good. I mean, there's no question. So a big game coming up Thursday for IU Uh, at Assembly Hall, and really a big stretch coming up for IU as well this week to go on the road and get a win, no matter how ugly at times it was or how underwhelming at times it was. Uh, Now coming back home where Indiana's been really good this year, you know what the crowd's going to be like Thursday night at Assembly Hall, and if Indiana could somehow uh, pull a win off over Purdue and, of course, tap a road win on top of that, in one week, it would be really big for this team. So we'll see. Indiana up and down. It's kind of been the story of the last number of seasons. Not a lot of consistency. Uh, just when you think you've got something figured out with this team, obviously uh, you figure out that you don't. And uh, lots of inconsistency, I think it's very fair to say, about the team at this point. Also, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, another good game last night, but he went down. He was able to get up and, and basically walk to the bench, but he did not return 
It sounds like some sort of hip injury, but you know we're not going to get much of an update on him as far as his condition. But without saying, Indiana's got to have him. There's no question about that on Thursday night, given the size that Purdue has and just how strong they are. Uh, Indiana's got to have Trace Jackson Davis in the contest. Jordan Geronimo, good last night. The bench was better last night. We'll talk about all these things and more coming up a little bit later in our program today. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Tuesday edition of the program. Segment one, it's presented by Honey Baked Ham, by the way. Segment one coming up here in just moments. We'll have our headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll hit the IU game, a couple recruiting notes to pass along. I want to mention that Purdue double overtime win over Illinois yesterday as well, and a couple local high school sports notes to pass uh, to you. Also, we'll do that in segment one. Then later in the show, basically all IU, we've got uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with us. Uh, In segment two, we'll recap last night's IU win at Nebraska. Uh, Then Mike Pegram of Pigs.com joins in segment three. And with Mike, we'll start to preview the big Purdue rivalry game on Thursday night. Such a big week, a tough week for Indiana, tough stretch coming up, and we'll talk about that and more with Peegs when he joins us later in the show today. That's the lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. All right, let's get into our headlines, and as we do so, a reminder that our Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. It's your opportunity to sound off about last night's IU game, or maybe you've got a thought on the upcoming Purdue contest. Again, 502-414 is the Thornton's text line number. Just send us a text, and don't forget Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and their delicious donuts. All right, now our headlines Uh, IU last night, I covered a lot of things. We're going to talk more with Mike Schumann about it in the next segment. But Jordan Geronimo, one of the big positives last night, he's had some other step-up performances, some other good results from him this year. But uh, nearly a double-double last night. He had 10 points, 8 rebounds. He logged 21 minutes coming off the bench, 4 of 4 from the field, and he was perfect at the free-throw line as well. Got a lot of praise from Mike Woodson after the game. And you think about Purdue and their size and physicality, you got to believe that Geronimo will see more consistent minutes even than what he has coming up in some of these future games. So he's just such a freak athlete. There's no question about that. He has an ability to rebound and jump and do some things that others, not only on Indiana, but in the conference, some of the opposing teams, that they just don't have the ability to do so. So he continues for me to be a really, really intriguing player to watch on this IU roster. Also, I mentioned Trace Jackson Davis, uh, you you know, a a hip injury. uh, Not sure the severity of it. Not sure the details of it. Took a very hard fall there in the free throw lane. Uh, Looked like he had some, some definite pain as he somewhat walked to the IU bench and Indiana had to finish the contest without him. But uh, obviously that is a huge note for this team not just with Purdue in line, but any Big Ten game. He's the leader, uh, not just in the stat column, points, rebounds. He does so much. He's taken his game to another level, but uh, he he just clearly also is the -the off-the-court leader in many ways for this team as well. I mentioned turnovers down the stretch. I got the box score in front of me now. Indiana, 14 turnovers last night. Uh, Not really 
uh, uh, that's a normal number for Indiana, and not necessarily it's not a great number, but it's also not a terrible number. But again, for me, it was the number of mistakes late in the contest uh, for Indiana in that game at Nebraska. Um, I mentioned last night with the win, uh, IU has surpassed its win total from last season, which is obviously a big deal for the Hoosiers. And just kind of summarizing things for IU, obviously a big week, Purdue coming up uh, later in the week. Then don't forget Michigan also the next game on Sunday Indiana with a 13-4 and record. They're now 4-3 and in the Big Ten Conference. Indiana, before last night, had lost eight consecutive road games for this season. So I know it's just Nebraska, but it's a road win in college hoops, and it's a road win in the Big Ten Conference. So to me, that's worth a little bit more maybe than what some people uh, give it credit for. So Indiana, uh, I think, again, we talk about tournament resumes probably way more than we should. They're in the running right now. There's going to be some big games coming up that I think will determine the direction of this team as we move a little bit later into the season. Also, yesterday in the afternoon, we retreated to some afternoon hoops. There were some college games on national television. The NBA had a big slate of games last night uh, throughout the day yesterday, really. Romeo Langford, five minutes for the Celtics, but he scored no points. Really odd. He's just not getting the opportunities that he had uh, right before Christmas and right around the holidays though, uh, really dissipated what he's getting in Boston. going to be interesting to see if he's on the trade block or what's going on with Romeo in Boston. But one of the other day games yesterday, a great Big Ten game, Purdue at Illinois. The crowd looked fantastic. Lots of students down low. A big environment for that afternoon, MLK Day. And Purdue gets a win in double overtime 96-88. Uh, Andre Curbelo, who Indiana actually recruited many years back, uh, made his return for the Illini. He was a big lift, a big addition. And the Purdue win over Illinois helps him in the Big Ten race because Illinois hadn't lost a Big Ten Conference game until yesterday when the Boilermakers knocked him off. But that was a classic, if not the best, one of the best Big Ten Conference games uh, and battles that we have seen so far this season. And big of Purdue in advance of the IU game coming up Thursday to go on the road in a tough environment, in an awkward game during the day, just throws your entire routine off and get a victory 96-88 in double overtime as they left Illinois yesterday. So that was a big, big deal for the the Boilermakers and, and kind of a little bit of, I think, of an early thing to watch in the Big Ten standings as well as Indiana, as Illinois had not lost a Big Ten conference game until yesterday. Also, a recruiting note to pass along. I meant to say this yesterday. Jalen hood Shafino, his Montverde Academy team, playing in some really big games once again this weekend, including an MLK game yesterday, the Hoop Hall Classic, uh, up at the the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame up in uh, uh, Massachusetts. But hood Shafino had a triple-double over the weekend and then yesterday, his team, Montverde Academy, number five in the country right now, they were knocked off by IMG Academy, another Florida team, 57-53 at the Spalding Hoops Hall Classic. But even in the loss, Hood Shafino, he had a game-high 19 points, eight rebounds, five assists, three steals, wins or losses, and most of them are wins for his Montverde team that's now 13-4 and on the season. He's really led the way, and he's really continuing to have – some monster, monster performances for uh, this uh, Montverde team. I've said it before, beside Romeo Langford in recent years, I'm talking last three, four seasons, 
Uh, he's by far a the most intriguing recruit that you think will come to Bloomington uh, ready to go uh, just uh, at the end of this season, uh, really, for Montverde Aca- after a big season for Montverde Academy. Obviously a huge get for Indiana and just a player that seems to improve and improve and will be really interesting to see what kind of role he can fill when he arrives in Bloomington. Also, one note, a high school note as we head to break, uh, shout out to Floyd Central. couple big uh, championships here recently. Floyd Central defeated Columbus East for the Hoosier Hills Conference Wrestling Championship. Big deal there. Also, Floyd Central, the girls' swimming team, they won their fifth straight Hoosier Hills Conference over the weekend as well. So, uh, again, the Highlanders making some noise in the Hoosier Hills Conference. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier helps us recap IU Nebraska from last night. Also still ahead, Mike Pegram of Peaks.com joins us. We'll take a look at IU, Purdue, uh, recruiting, and much more. Lots of IU hoops coming your way today. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back more on IU's win over Nebraska last night with Mike Schumann. He's the author of the DailyHoosier.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Daily underscore Hoosier. Lots of great IU basketball, football coverage there. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And Mike Schumann is with us right now. Mike, I mentioned this in segment one today. I did not realize after the game – uh, that with the win last night, Indiana surpassed their win total of 12 from last season. Yeah, they, they sure did. Now, obviously that comes with a bit of a grain of salt because last season's schedule was completely different. You sure. didn't have so many early season non-conference games that, that could have helped boost that resume. But obviously also Indiana finished 12-15 and 15 last year, so it wasn't a good season, and there's a lot of reasons to think that this team is better along than they were last year. All right, Mike, let's uh, let's break it down from last night. I thought, obviously, uh, any road win in college hoops in the Big Ten is a big deal, so for Indiana to finally get their first true road win of the season, uh, IU fans will take it. But Indiana seemed, for much of the game, to not be able to put away a very mediocre Nebraska team, and almost as if they played down to Nebraska's level. Yeah, I mean, it was a strange game just in terms of the flow of it. It, it operated in that range of an Indiana 10-4 to four point lead for, you know, at least 30 minutes, at least the last 30 minutes of the game. So, you know, Indiana wasn't able to pull away, and Nebraska wasn't able to chip away, really. Um, I, I think Nebraska's better than, than we give them credit for, especially now that they've got Trey McGowan's back. I think, you know, people could see his – impact on both ends of the floor he was going to be a starter this year before he he went out I think they'll end up probably pulling off some home upsets here down the stretch because I I think he just makes them a more dynamic team but at the same time this is a Nebraska team that is in fact 
0-8 in the conference and, um, you know, a team that you would expect Indiana to be able to pull away from. Now, obviously, the whole game flow was complicated in the last seven minutes with, with Trace going out. So, you know, that, you know, maybe maybe it played out a little bit different down the stretch if that didn't happen. At the same time that happened, Nebraska really extended their defensive pressure out to the perimeter and even full court at times. So that everything changed in that last seven minutes. So, so maybe they would have pulled away late. I'm not sure. But there was certainly no indication of that happening in, in the first 33 minutes of the game. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Uh, lots of concern about Trace Jackson Davis. He was normal TJD last night as far as turning in a big performance and leadership for the Hoosiers, but then went down late, did not return. We think it's some sort of hip injury. He seemed to be in some pain as he left the floor. Yeah, it w- looked like a hip. Mike Woodson said tailbone, so, so somewhere in that area, I, I guess. I mean, he, he did jog off the court. He he was moving around. It wasn't a situation where, you know, anybody had to help him or anything like that. He could be seen in the post-game locker room videos, you know, celebrating with his teammates. So I, I suspect, I, I don't have this, you know, sourced or anything, but I suspect we're talking about a pain tolerance issue on, on Thursday night when they face Purdue, which which is significant. I mean, you're, you're talking about a really tough matchup for him dealing with both Zach Eady and Travion Williams. Um, so any, any any limitations that he may have is going to be a big deal if, if, in fact, he can play on Thursday night. All right, Mike. Also, uh, I want to mention the bench last night. Indiana's bench got a lot of criticism after the loss at Iowa. Uh, but Jordan Geronimo, probably key off the bench, I thought his performance was uh, very spectacular last night and a player that seems to really be surging again for IU. But also Trey Galloway. Since he's been back, he's really provided a spark for this team. Uh, both of those guys with major bench contributions from last night. Yeah, no doubt. And I think they both ended up with 21 minutes of the, in the game, which was telling just in terms of, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, who starts the game, but, you know, those, those two guys got a lot of minutes and took minutes from starters ultimately just because they, you know, as you mentioned, Trey and Jordan both are, are really spark plugs. They just provide a lot of energy. They, they are versatile players that can guard multiple positions, which helps Indiana, you know, defensively to, to switch as much as they would want to. And, and you know, Geronimo specifically, you know, eight rebounds in 21 minutes is just a, a crazy rate. And you could just see him fighting for position. He, he just, you know, he really was determined to, to get the ball a lot of times, which is, you know, an underrated aspect of rebounding is just, you know, what the positioning that you fight for before the ball actually hits the rim. And he was very active in, in doing that. Um Galloway obviously struggled with, with turnovers in, in the last four minutes of the game. Up to that point, he was very high level. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's, he's not a point guard. I don't think anybody thinks he is. But, you know, I think he would also tell you that he's got to be better than he was in, in the last four minutes of the game taking care of the ball. Mike, you wrote, and this is a good terminology to use, you wrote on your coverage of the game last night that Indiana really had a turnover surge uh, in the close of the game, but helping overcome that surge of turnovers and errors was, I thought, some really good defensive stops that also came late in that ball game. So, good defense late helped balance out what I thought were some costly turnovers. Yeah, seven turnovers in the, in the last seven minutes of the game, and that coincided almost exactly with Jackson Davis leaving. So you can 
decipher if you think there's a connection there. I think there there may be some because I don't think Nebraska felt like it had to worry about the backside of its defense enough or as much and was more comfortable kind of extending things out a little bit. Um, but but exactly right. You know, the, on the other end of the floor, when things absolutely could have gone sideways as Indiana had seven turnovers in seven minutes and just five points over the course of 10 possessions there at the, at the key stretch, they got stops on the other end. And that is a lot of because Geronimo and Galloway were out on the floor. They're both excellent defenders, in my opinion. Both matched up really well with Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska had a lot of shifty guards that, that you had to stay in front of. That, that's a good fit for Galloway and, and Geronimo. You know, Nebraska didn't really have, you know, traditional back-to-the-basket bigs. They had more athletic and, and uh, perimeter-oriented bigs, and, that, and that's a really good matchup for Geronimo. So I think it turned out that having those two on the court – uh, that down the stretch was a big reason why Indiana was able to, to get stops. I think they had four straight stops in that kind of, you know, two and a half to 30 seconds left in the game stretch where it definitely could have gotten away from Indiana if they didn't get those stops, but, but they managed to do it. I was going to ask you who you felt like the best defenders on this Indiana team were both interior and, of course, on the perimeter. Uh, who, who do you think, in addition maybe to those guys, have, have in your eyes uh, played the best defense this season, which is an area Indiana's been at times shaky in? Yeah, I mean, I think you get a lot out of a lot of guys. I think Xavier Johnson, Rob Fennessy, Bates, Galloway, even Anthony Leal to to an extent. Um, you know, you're getting I, – I, I think all those guys bring something on the defensive end where I, I don't think that you – you know, have a liability with them. And then Geronimo Thompson and Jackson Davis are all key on the other end. I think all three of those guys to varying extents can guard out on the perimeter to, to, to some extent, you worry more about Indiana defensively with a matchup coming up like Thursday, where I don't know that they have, you know, bigs that, that you really say, okay, go, go handle a, a, a Zach eating. I mean, nobody does. Right. But, um, I worry more about guarding a back to the basket big than a perimeter oriented big. So I think, you know, I think there's a lot of key pieces, and you know, I'm skipping ahead to the Purdue game. I don't know if you want to go there yet, but I think it goes to a question of, you know, you start thinking about matchups. Um, does Mike Woodson continue to stick with the starting lineup? Because I think there is just a major issue or not issue, but just major area that, that Purdue could expose. And that's with Jaden Ivey. Um, who's going to cover him in, in the starting lineup? I don't think there's a clear answer there the way any of that's been going to this point in the season. But I think if you look to like a Bates or a Galloway, um, I think you could see Indiana matching up a little bit better. And, and part of it is, like like I mentioned earlier, you know, just because somebody starts doesn't mean they get all the, the starters' minutes. So that's part of the equation, too. I, I don't know if, if we're going to get an availability with, with Woodson tomorrow, but I, I plan to ask him that, you know, maybe just more big picture philosophically how he views the starting lineup and, and how he – when it, when he sees matchups, if he you know how he looks at making adjustments either before the game or in game, we're talking the latest in IU basketball with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, one of the things I had from last night's game in my notes to ask about today, a player specifically, was Tamar Bates. He had a jumper that was important last night, but that was his only shot attempt of the night. I think he also had one assist and played about twelve minutes in the win at Nebraska. 
you know, he came in with a lot of firepower as a, as a late boost to recruiting and really, I guess you could say an early boost when Mike Woodson arrived for his recruiting. But overall in the class, it was a late pickup. Um, some thought he would be a starter. Some thought he would be a fairly serious contributor right away. Uh, he seems to have faded a bit, although at times he reminds you that he's Tamar Bates and he's pretty doggone good with a lot of potential. What do you think's going on with him and where do you see him in the rotation for IU? Yeah, I mean, I think there's been some positive trends. I, I you know, the last couple of games probably more like baby steps more than anything. You know, the, you, you think back to the St. John's game, the first Nebraska game. I mean, I think that probably set expectations that that he was going to be a major contributor all year, and you know, he had every you had every reason to think that just because you know his his ratings and early season performance just suggested this was a guy that you were going to be able to count on all season as a factor you know i think we probably even talked that you know he probably end up may crack the starting lineup by by this point in the season but but he's taking a step back every every time i watch him i just feel like he's getting sped up um he just doesn't look comfortable out there and i think part of part of it is the scout on him as you know, I think teams are more comfortable giving him a three-point shot rather than letting him beat them off the bounce where he's really good getting to the rim or, or scoring in the mid-range. And so he's not seeing a lot of opportunities to get all the way downhill, and he's settling for jump shots. And he just hasn't been able to, to get, get a rhythm going in that regard. I thought I thought that one shot he did make last night was important for that reason if it, if it builds some confidence for him. But, but he's just going to have to find more opportunities in transition, uh, more opportunities to find a way to, to get you know downhill and get to the basket because I think that's where he's most effective. But, but it just hasn't, you know, I, I think we all just have this guilt, at least I, I know I do, of, you know, talking about recruits too much and expecting too much going into the freshman season. The, re- the reality is a lot of freshman seasons look like, what he's doing, where, there, where there's highs and lows. I mean, you, you remember Armand Franklin's freshman season compared to his sophomore season. I, I would suspect that's what we're dealing with here is, is a guy that's just finding his way. The game needs to slow down for him, and, and you're going to see a much better sophomore season out of Tamar Bates. All right, uh, Mike, one of the uh, things I enjoy about the Daily Hoosier website is your report card after each game. So kind of promoting that story, tell us, how you graded Indiana's offense and defense last night in the game at Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, just going back to that earlier point about the, you know, how the game really changed in the last seven minutes. The, the offense was really good. It was at on a pace to be the, the best points per possession of the season before Jackson Davis was injured. They were, they were at a roughly, don't hold me to the math, but I, I tried to go back and figure it out. They were at roughly... 1.3 points per possession through the first 33 minutes of the game, and that would have been their, their best rate of the season. It, it dropped off considerably down the stretch with all the turnovers and the inability to, to score the ball in the last seven minutes. But so, so I thought overall, you know, when they actually had their the guys on the floor that they intended to have out there, they were executing at a, at a pretty high level offensively and and defensively. You know, it's it's been the same thing that we've seen throughout the season if this defense has a weakness it's guarding the basketball you know especially with teams that are smaller that like to spread the floor and you know create one-on-one matchups uh, they haven't been real good in that regard and Woodson didn't seem to want to go as much to the two-point guard lineup of Tennessee and 
Johnson that that has been his counter to that throughout the season. Um, so I think you know both McGowan's and Verge last night were really effective, and, and Indiana didn't have a lot of answers in slowing them down until those last couple minutes when they got those stops. Um, and, and for me, the the true standout player of the game we already talked about him was Jordan Geronimo. I mean, he just he came in immediately made contributions. The thing we haven't talked about is his ability to make mid-range jump shots, which is just kind of a lost art in basketball. But it's an important art because, you know, most of, you know, talk about teams scouting you. Most of scouts are either, you know, stopping guys from getting to the rim or stopping guys from shooting threes. There, there is that middle aspect, and he seems really comfortable and kind of taking a couple dribbles, getting elevation, and, and he's got a really high release on his shot. So it's a really tough shot to defend, and, and you know he's obviously really comfortable doing that. And it, so he was able to have a perfect night from the field in addition to what he did on the on the boards and on the defensive end. Mike, I just someone just sent this to me. I had not seen this, but last night after the game, Trace Jackson Davis tweeted, "Don't even worry, I'll be back Thursday." great road win. So for all the people concerned about uh, Trace's tailbone or hip uh, injury discomfort from last night and wondering uh, what a IU-Purdue matchup would look like without TJD back, uh, he's he's already made it clear he, he plans to be there, plans to be right in the middle of things on Thursday night. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, certainly they could have done some quick x-rays there right after the game before he tweeted that. So I, I don't know if that's actually based on some feedback he got medically, or that's just an emotional, like, Hey, there's, there's no way in heck I'm missing this Purdue game. It, it, it could have gone either way. Like I said, I don't, I don't know where he stands uh, physically and, and based on Woodson's comments after the game, he didn't know or wasn't willing to say immediately thereafter. So you know, it's one of three things. Either he's not going to play, he's going to play and be limited, or he's going to be just fine. I guess we'll have to <laughs> to wait and see. But it's obviously, you know, with Purdue being so effective on the block, it's obviously a game where you want him there to, to try to at least slow down Edie and Williams because that, that, to me, is the heart and soul of Purdue. Yeah, I think it's just hard for Indiana fans to imagine any Big Ten game, really any game at all, without – uh, TJD in the lineup based on his consistent uh, results that he's produced this year. It's been a great uh, campaign for Trace so far this season. I want to close, Mike, with this. I thought yesterday was great. I'm going to talk more about Purdue and start to preview that game in the next segment with Mike Pegram, so stay with us for that, listeners. But I thought the MLK Day basketball, a couple college games on national television through the day and afternoon, NBA had a loaded slate but even what the Big Ten did with the Purdue-Illinois game. And then last night, the MLK tribute with the coaches and players uh, sharing the same warm-up shirt, which I think was designed by uh, someone uh, at IU. Uh, but a really cool deal to kind of bring some recognition to a very important day and a very important person in the history of our country. Yeah, I would completely agree. I, I just really like the positive messages that were, were coming out from both Indiana and Nebraska, you know, the chance to honor somebody that was so critical as a civil rights leader. Um, you know, there's a lot of divisiveness right right now. Um, so it was really good to, to hear just such positive messages from, from Coach Woodson, from, you know, Rob Fennessy, Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson. You know, I, I think it's important to understand from their vantage point what, what all this means to them and, and to hear 
you know, you know, guys that we, you know, really follow closely on the basketball court, how, how they view the world off the court. And, and, um, you know, so I think it's just an important day and I'm, I'm glad Indiana was able to be a part of it. And fans were able to see that side of the players that they root for. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with us on Tuesdays. He joins to talk IU basketball. Mike, Indiana got its first job of the week done on Monday night on the road at Nebraska. Now a big one coming up at home against Purdue and really a big swing of games coming up with Michigan as well on Sunday. So I look forward to continuing our conversations here in future weeks. Yeah, I look forward to it, Matt. Always appreciate talking to you. Yes, sir. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us today, uh, recapping the IU win over Nebraska. A big one for Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers. I know it's Nebraska, uh, but a road win in the Big Ten, very necessary, especially for this Indiana team. It takes a little pressure off of some of the upcoming home games, but Indiana, I think, definitely going to have to win a handful more, two more, maybe three would be wonderful on the road to help their resume and, again, take pressure off having to be dang near perfect at home as the Hoosiers have been so far this year. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back and talk more about the Purdue game later this week and the tough stretch coming up for this Indiana team. More IU basketball, a little recruiting as well, coming up next with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. Don't forget the Thornton's text line. It remains open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. We'll head to a break. We're back with more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this uh, Tuesday program. Mike Pegram, Pigs.com, with us to talk more IU basketball. And we're going to start off talking about the uh, Purdue matchup coming up later in the week. Obviously, Mike, Purdue at 15-2 and two, uh, has a heck of a team this season. Uh, what's your survey of the Boilermakers in advance of this rivalry game at Assembly Hall later this week? Yeah, it was a tremendous win for them yesterday. They've they had a couple losses that are a little bit surprising in Big Ten play after looking so dominant non-conference, but they looked uh, like they made a uh, decision to become a Big Ten uh, title contender yesterday, pulling that game out in in Champaign. And they're very uh, difficult matchup on paper for Indiana because of their size inside and what that may uh, do to Indiana's kind of inside-out approach on offense. I was going to ask, with the size that Purdue has, uh, obviously, Indiana's got Trace and Race and maybe Michael Durr, who uh, could play some role in this game, possibly, especially defensively. But how does Indiana try to slow down, guard, stop the interior interior presence of uh, this Purdue size and length? They'll have to swarm, um, you know. But uh, they do have, uh, you know, two guys, Race Thompson and uh, Trace. Jackson Davis are very experienced and, and have had faced these kind of size guys before. Um, and so they'll swarm a little bit. And like you said, maybe 
see, uh, give Michael Doerr a shot out there, see if that works, uh, especially against their, their, you know, their, their biggest guy. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, it, it, on the other end, though, Trace Jackson Davis has the athleticism and the ability to go around um, big guys like that. I mentioned Michael Durr. Uh, Mike, you see this group up close and personal every game. Can Durr have any effect in the Purdue game with his size and length defensively against Purdue? Can he aid in that cause at all? I think so. I think more so against um, Ed than than uh, than Williams. But um, you know, I think that he he has a, a decent amount of size and can use his body and at least use his fouls. Um, and make it like a little bit easy, uh, a little bit tougher for for Edie, but um, I don't know if he can, he's a good matchup for Williams. So I think it'll depend on who's out there for Purdue. All right, Mike. Away from some on the court stuff. Thursday, obviously, this is a big rivalry game. The Assembly Hall will be rocking with students and fans, yeah. and and I've heard the ridiculous prices for for tickets, which is a great thing with COVID it, it, to get back to some normalcy in the crowd and and so forth. But I saw something on social media before we went on the air today that it's a suit out, like wear a suit to the game. Is this just for the students or is this something being pushed to the general crowd? That would be uh, something I'm not sure I've seen in a game, everybody wearing a suit. <laughs> uh, I know it's a big student thing. They started it, I believe, the last game or two because, you know, any had lost all road games and Mike likes to wear sweats on the road. And last night we were like, is it is that suit when you wear a, a suit jacket over a t-shirt? Is that qualify? Uh, so um, I think that keeps hope alive on on the suit being the the key. So uh, all, right. all right, Mike, I've got to ask Trace Jackson Davis. Last night we saw him go down with six or seven minutes left in the contest. He was in some pain. He did walk off the floor. He tweeted after the game not to worry. He'd be fine for Thursday night for the Purdue game. But we don't really know, you know, is he going to be sore? How serious is it? Um, will we get any kind of update from Coach Woodson? Will there be a chance to hear anything on Trace before the Purdue game? Or is it just going to be one of those things you'll have to wait and see? Is he in the starting lineup? And does he look like normal Trace in the first few possessions? Well, I suspect we'll talk to Coach Woodson tomorrow. I don't know if anything's gone out on it, but I, the day before Purdue game, I can't ever remember not being able to hear from the IU coach. Uh, but whether he actually says anything, um, you know, we'll see. But I think that it is a, a soreness issue, which is, you know, could affect how well he plays, but I don't think it can prevent him from playing. And soreness issues sometimes can be worse the day after, but the indication was um, fairly positive after the game last night uh, from both Trace and his teammates. Mike, it was announced yesterday that Christian Lander was going to be withheld again because really of precautionary reasons with his leg is I'm not sure exact uh, what, exactly what it was termed. Uh, but any, any is there anything serious there? Is it just precautionary stuff? Is, I guess that's what they're reporting it as. But And I guess the reason I continue to, to pry a little bit about Lander is with IU's point guards up and down, uh, even though Lander hasn't proven himself, you wonder if he healthy if he would get some opportunities. Now it's been a kind of a curious one because he it's not been that he's been unavailable for every game, but there's been a couple uh, sporadically where he's not available. So it doesn't seem to be anything super serious because he has been dressed and and ready re- available for some in the last week a couple weeks, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't know anything new um, in the last couple of days on that front, though. 
Mike, I want to talk uh, Big Ten with you for a moment. We discussed the Purdue win on the road at uh, Illinois yesterday, which helps shake up Big Ten standings a little bit because Illinois had not lost a Big Ten game until yesterday. Uh, Take us through the conference. Has there been a surprise for you so far in the standings or in some of the results that you've seen since we've been back to all-conference play here in January? Well, I've been a little bit surprised by how uh, some of the games that Wisconsin has won um, and how they've kind of vaulted themselves in there. And I, Michigan State surprised me for a while, but I think we all kind of felt that their record was a little bit um, too good to be true, given their turnover issues and, and, and kind of a lack of a point guard. And that, that finally happened with a home loss. But I, I would say the main surprise is um, Wisconsin uh, not being as at five and one, and uh, the early losses by Purdue were a little bit of a surprise, but that can happen to a team, and then they use that as motivation. And I think that's what's happening with with Matt Painter's team. Um, I think uh, Michigan has been a v- biggest disappointment in the league so far, and uh, Rutgers has sneaked up there with a four and two record, and um, they're actually not a bad team, and they got that win over Purdue. So. That's that's what I mean. They, they're kind of weird team. They're, they'll get blown out, but they'll, they've still got a four and two record. So, yeah. And Mike, final question before we get to some recruiting stuff uh, that I wanted to to bring uh, up with you is obviously uh, Trey Galloway has been back now for a few games. The spark that he's provided off the bench has been uh, much needed for IU. And Jordan Geronimo last night. Uh, obviously stepped up and played uh, another role, a bigger role last night. Is there any chance, and I think I, I think I asked you this last week, but is there a chance of a, a shake-up because of Purdue's size and how IU may need to guard them in the lineup, maybe with a Geronimo or someone sneaking in there for Thursday? I don't think so, given the size. I think Indiana's kind of going with a bigger lineup as it is. Because uh, I don't think they'll start Michael Dorr, and that's the only a guy coming off the bench that has some size and experience. But uh, I think we will see more of Jordan Geronimo for sure moving forward. And and I think he rebounds the ball so well. Um, you know, I think in most games moving forward, he will he will rotate with Race and Trace on that on that four and five spots, and um, because it just that just works better. For Indiana, I think Michael Dewar will have games like Purdue where his size makes it makes him much more valuable. But I think moving forward, you'll see a lot more Jordan and Trace's. I mean, excuse me, um, Trey has has just played so darn well. Uh, I keep wondering if he'll maybe crack that Parker Stewart and Miller cop start. You know, both starting. I think maybe one of them might not might eventually replace with with Trey. But uh, you know, as long as they're winning, they're going to stick with the same starters. Mike uh, just got something else to slide in. It says, please ask Mike how many road wins in the Big Ten he thinks IU must have to make the NCAA tournament. <laughs> IU has one right now after last night. Do you have a thought on how many IU needs to get in this uh, conference season? Uh, two at the minimum, probably three. Uh, you know, two. They're gonna. You know, it's unlikely they're gonna sweep at home, um, but. Uh, they 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 got games still at games at Rutgers and games excuse me at at uh, oh Maryland and 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 some win, they have some winnable games left on the road. I think they need to leave win at least one and three to be safe. All right, one more. I mean, 
Got, got it. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. Mike, as we close out, I wanted to mention again Jalen Hood Shafino. He had a huge weekend in some big national level games. I know his team was defeated by number two ranked IMG yesterday, but I think he had a triple double maybe over the weekend that he had a game high 19 points and a really good stat line yesterday. He continues to really, really be putting up some good lines. Yeah, and if you look at this Indiana team, their weakness, one of their weaknesses is point guard play, or at least the inconsistency there. And I think he's a very consistent point guard in what he's doing at the highest level of prep basketball. So he's kind of what the doctor ordered for for the backcourt next year. Yeah, great way to put it. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. Check out the Peaks.com website, daily coverage of IU basketball, recruiting football, and more. Mike, uh, thanks for always, thanks always for your Tuesday chat. Catch you next next week. Take care. All right, uh, Mike Pegram Peegs with us here on this Tuesday program, and that's going to wrap things up for our Tuesday program. A programming note, obviously we've got IU basketball coming up Thursday when they host Purdue, and also Friday night, more high school basketball. We've got New Albany at Silver Creek, another rivalry game on the Big X, brought to you by T.A. Jenkins Company, LLC. So a big one Friday night. Both teams really could use a win. Both teams have had some struggles this season, and I think New Albany and Silver Creek could be a good one. Uh, Brandon Northern has had just an unbelievable year for the Dragons, and he'll go against Tucker Biven, Justin Carter, and the guys from New Albany. We'll have the full play-by-play story for you here on the Big X. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday show. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.